The Good Friday service is found on page 565 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 565. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let us pray. Almighty God, we beseech you graciously to behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners, and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Old Testament reading, Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, 
and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 22, we will say it responsively at the asterisk. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And are so far from my cry and from the words of my complaint. O my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season also I take no rest. But you remain holy. Enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Our fathers hoped in you. They trusted in you, and you delivered them. They called upon you and were delivered. They put their trust in you and were not confounded. But as for me, I am a worm and no man. Scorned by all and the outcast of the people. All those who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips. And they shake their heads, saying, He trusted in God that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, if he will have him. But you are he that took me out of my mother's womb. You were my hope when I was yet upon my mother's breast. I have been cast upon you ever since I was born. You are my God, even from my mother's womb. Oh, go not far from me, for trouble is near at hand. There is none to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The epistle reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. <coughs> For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings, and burnt offerings, and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law, then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 
And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The Word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. They drew back and fell to the ground. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? 
So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who would advise the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door, and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire, because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Are those who have heard me what I said to them, they know what I said? When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I have said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I have said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again, and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, 
So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on his head, and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all, unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, 
do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and on the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Nothing can be added to what we've already heard in the scriptures. I think about sacrifice on Good Friday and Jesus' call to us to take up our own cross, that if we're going to follow him, we have to be obedient unto death and to the will of the Father. I don't know if it's ever been popular to um, be willing to sacrifice what we love. I don't know that uh, the story in Genesis of Abraham and Isaac was ever a popular story. Uh, the idea of uh, sacrificing one's only son. Uh, 
And I don't know that it's ever been popular in human history to risk one's own life. The disciples were mixed when it came time for Jesus to go to Jerusalem. They warned him not to go. Don't go. Uh, just the way that the Christians warned uh, St. Paul not to go back to Jerusalem when his life was in danger. And of course they gave that warning because of their love for St. Paul and their love for our Lord and also for the fear of their own lives because they knew that once Jesus and St. Paul were uh, at risk that they too would be at risk, that the church would be at risk. So that's always been a question in the mind of the church and the life of the church, uh, how it is that we're supposed to proceed uh, in the face of danger, how it is that we're supposed to proclaim the gospel or to meet together or to do any of these things when it puts us at risk. I think so much of the world today, uh, maybe more now than before, I really don't know, uh, is about preserving life, about uh, uh, preserving our own lives, about doing everything we can to stay safe. Safety first is the watchword of the day. And in a, a world that's constantly saying safety first, safety first, uh, you see in media and in popular stories the idea of sacrificing oneself becomes more and more popular. So that the, the Marvel movies or the Lord of the Ring movies or uh, name any kind of uh, big popular culture movie, the theme is one person being willing to lay down themselves for their friends, sacrificing themselves for their friends. So the more the world says safety first, the more we hunger and thirst for an example of someone who's willing to risk everything for love. It's the heart of love to, to risk one's life. It's interesting that uh, I was reading recently about uh, romantic love and somehow the, the reader didn't see romantic love as being a love about risk or sacrifice. And there's really no understanding of romantic love that doesn't include that very important piece. That we have to sacrifice ourselves for the one that we love. We have to be willing to give up what we like. We have to be willing to go out of our way. We have to be willing to give up uh, what we had had before, a life that we had had before, in order uh, to, to serve those who we love. It's the heart of love, self-sacrifice. It's the heart of our relationship to God. We have to give up our time. We have to give up our way. We have to give up our expectations for what we think our life should be, what the world tells us our life should be, in order to be willing to hear what it is that the Lord wants us to do. To be willing to hear that we uh, too have to be willing to lay down our lives. May we be more and more willing to lay down our lives for those that we love and to sacrifice our will for the will of the Father so that we too may bear up our cross and follow him. On page 566 of the Book of Common Prayer, page 566, 
Dear people of God, Our Heavenly Father sent His Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved, that all who believe in Him might be delivered from the power of sin and death, and become heirs with Him of everlasting life. We pray, therefore, for people everywhere according to their needs. Let us pray for the Holy Church throughout the world, that the Lord our God may preserve her in unity, peace, and safety, bringing into divine subjection all powers and principalities, and that he may grant us to dwell in such peace and tranquility that we may show forth the glory of God. Almighty Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth, and all truth with all peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Let us pray for Eric, our Bishop, and for Foley, our Archbishop, that the Lord our God, who has appointed them to this office, may preserve them in health and safety for the governance of God's holy people. Almighty and everlasting God, whose judgment upholds all things both in heaven and on earth, as you have appointed these your servants to be our bishops, so also defend them by your mercy against all adversities, that we, acknowledging you as the great shepherd and overseer of our souls, may so prosper by their care, that we may bring forth the fruit of righteousness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons, and for all God's holy people. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray for Donald Trump, our President and for all in civil authority, for Governor Sisolak, for Mayors March and Goodman, that they, knowing whose ministers they are, may above all things seek God's honor and glory, and that we, remembering whose authority they bear, may faithfully and obediently honor them in accordance with God's holy word. Almighty God, whose kingdom is everlasting and whose power is infinite, we commend our nation to your merciful care, that being guided by your providence, we may dwell secure in your peace. Grant to our President and to all in authority wisdom and strength to know and to do your will. Fill him with the love of truth and righteousness and make him ever mindful of his calling to serve his people in your fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for those who are preparing for holy baptism. That the Lord our God may open their hearts to his grace and mercy. 
that by the washing of regeneration they may obtain the remission of all their sins and be found faithful servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. Almighty and everlasting God, you multiply your church in every generation. Grant the gifts of faith and understanding to those being instructed in your holy word, that being washed in the waters of baptism, they may be born again and numbered among your adopted children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray to God the Father Almighty, that he would cleanse the world from all evil, deliver it from pestilence and famine, set free those who are in captivity, restore the sick to health, and bring those who travel to a haven of safety. Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer, let the cry of those in misery and need come to you, that they may find your mercy present with them in all their afflictions. And give us, we pray, the strength to serve them for the sake of him who suffered for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who are in heresy or schism, that the Lord our God may deliver them from all false doctrine and restore them to the faith and unity of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. O God of truth and love, who desires not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn from their wickedness and live, look with mercy on those who are deceived by the lies of the world, the flesh, and the devil, that the hearts of those who have gone astray may be restored to wisdom and return to the way of truth and the unity of your holy church through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray for the Jewish people, that the Lord our God may look graciously upon them, and that they may come to know Jesus as the Messiah and as the Lord of all. Almighty and everlasting God, you established your covenant with Abraham and his seed. Hear the prayers of your church that the people through whom you brought blessing to the world may also receive the blessing of salvation, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all those who do not believe in Christ, that the Holy Spirit may enlighten them through the gospel and bring them into the way of salvation. Merciful God, creator of all the peoples of the earth, and lover of souls. Have compassion on all who do not know you as you are revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ. Let your gospel be preached with grace and power to those who have not heard it. Turn the hearts of those who resist it, and bring home to your fold those who have gone astray, that there may be one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us commit ourselves to our God and pray for the grace of a holy life that with all who have died in the peace of Christ and those whose faith is known to God alone, we may be accounted worthy to enter into the fullness of the joy of our Lord and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. 
O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, by the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him, through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Behold the wood of the cross, on which was hung the world's salvation. O come, let us adore him. O my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Testify against me. I brought you forth from the land of bondage and led you through the waters of salvation, and you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. I led you through the desert forty years and fed you with the bread of heaven. I brought you into the land of promise, and you have prepared a cross for your Savior. Holy God, holy and mighty, Holy Immortal One, have mercy upon us. What could I have done for you that I have not done? I planted you my vineyard to bear sweet fruit, but you have become very bitter to me and gave me vinegar for my thirst. Holy God, Holy and Mighty, Holy Immortal One, have mercy upon us. I passed over your firstborn and delivered them from death and you have delivered me into the hands of my enemies. I led you in the pillar of cloud, and you have led me into the judgment hall of Pilate. O my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Testify against me. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and mortal one, have mercy upon us. I struck down the kings of the Canaanites for your sake, and you struck my head with a reed. I gave you a royal inheritance, and you have crowned my head with thorns. O my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Testify against me. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. I opened the rock and gave you to drink from the water of life, and you have opened my side with a spear. I raised you on high with great power. And you have hanged me high upon the cross. O my church, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Testify against me. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. 
We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. If we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. On page 577. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we pray you to set your passion, cross, and death between your judgment and our souls, now and in the hour of our death. Give mercy and grace to the living, peace and rest to the dead, to your holy church unity and concord, and to us sinners everlasting life and glory. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, one God, now and forever.